Well, for those of the, that are here for the first time, my name is Shafen. Um, we know that we've got people watching for the first time. I'm Shafen. Everyone say Shafen. Awesome. I've had practice saying my name lots of times. This morning I went to preach at another church called Bicton Uniting Church near Fremantle. And so a very different crowd to this, but nonetheless it was great. It was fantastic. About the average age was lifted by about a few hundred years. So um, it, was, <laughs> it was great. We, we, <laughs> Jess is shaking her head. I put my foot in it. It's not coming out. It's not coming out. Um, but we're... <laughs> Well, we're really grateful that you could come here, no matter who you are, whether you've been bribed to come along or you, you've been invited um, here. We're so glad that you can join us here tonight. And, um, and we've been on a series called The Holy Spirit over the last few weeks. It's the final week of our series. And we've been learning about how the Holy Spirit has been given to us as a gift by God to comfort us, to strengthen us, to come alongside of us. The Greek word is parakletos, which literally means the Holy Spirit is given to us to walk alongside of us as we go through life. And so we learn that God is three persons, but one God. It's a bit of a crazy concept, but it's one God and three persons. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, which we know somewhat about, but then when it comes to the Holy Spirit, sometimes we can neglect or overlook the Holy Spirit, which is why we've been focusing on it for the, on Him for the last few weeks. And, um, and so we've been looking at last week as well, where Jess spoke about how the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts that we use to help to encourage one another, to build one another up. These gifts aren't necessarily for us to keep and hide, but actually for us to use to build up and encourage one another. Just like tonight, we see all kinds of gifts at work where, where we're being built up in our faith. But tonight, I want to have a look at the fact that the Holy Spirit gives us power. The Holy Spirit gives us power. Um, in, in the New Testament, the word power, when it's related to the Holy Spirit, has links to the word dynamite. The Greek word dunamis is the root word of where we get dynamite from. We have access to dynamite power to do things beyond what our own human capacity um, limits us by. And so we want to have a look at that. But tonight, the title of tonight's message is actually Power for Purpose. Power for Purpose. You say, I'm saying a lot of puts tonight. Power for Purpose. <laughs> and sometimes we can get the purpose behind the power. And we look at around the world and we see people in leadership <laughs> who have been given power. So, so power isn't a bad thing in and of itself, right? Power and authority. Sometimes we can get the wrong, oh, power is bad. Authority is bad. But no, no, no. It's a gift given by God. It's how we use it that makes the difference. People are actually, that power and authority is meant to be given to people so they can use their power to serve other people. To serve other people. To use their strength and their authority to serve others. The mistake we can do is forget the purpose behind the power and instead of using our power to serve others, we can use our power to preserve self. And we see the destruction that is caused when people have this attitude, they forget the purpose behind the power, and we see you know, regimes and country and lead, countries and leadership in, around the world that oppress people because they want to preserve themselves at the expense of other people. And it's the same deal with the Holy Spirit. When, when we disconnect ourselves and we forget the purpose behind the power of the Holy Spirit, we can make it into something that it's not. We can make the mistake of thinking that the Holy Spirit 
is here. The power of the Holy Spirit is made available to us to preserve self. I'm going to make the Holy Spirit about making my life comfortable, preserving self rather than serving other people. And we can disconnect ourselves for the purpose behind the power that it was given to us. We can think that the Holy Spirit is there to serve our agenda, to serve our purposes, but actually there's a whole other purpose behind the power that the Holy Spirit wants to give us. And we can see the purpose behind the power in the book of Acts. Uh, the book of Acts in the Bible is a phenomenal book. Um, the, the New Testament starts off with Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. There's the four Gospels. And these were four of Jesus' 12 closest followers. And these guys wrote a written, a written account of what they saw was the life of Jesus. They shared about their experiences as they followed Jesus throughout the, the three years that they spent with him on earth. And one of these disciples was Luke. Uh, Luke was a doctor or a physician. And so Luke wrote the book of Luke, um, the Gospel of Luke. But then he had a part two, episode two or series two. And he wrote the second half was the book of Acts. And so Luke wrote, wrote his book, Luke, about the life of Jesus. But then, my goodness, the book of Acts is a high octane, power packed book that talks about the birth of the early church, how the, the church was birthed in the power of the Holy Spirit, where when Jesus rose from the dead, and when he ascended to go and be with the Father, that wasn't the end. That was only just the beginning. And right now, when we look at the book of Acts, we see a blueprint to how we are meant to be doing church here today. Some of the ways that we might do it might look a bit different, but in essence, we can learn about what God's heart is for us in how he wants to approach the church today. And so we see all through the book of Acts, there are phenomenal miracles and things that are obviously only, could only be a result of God. We see in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, um, evidence of a rushing wind. Tongues of fire settle on, along people. Pe people spoke in different languages. In Acts 3, verse 1, there was a lame man who was healed. In Acts 4.31, we see a whole building was shaken under the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter and John were two guys who were locked up in prison by the power of the Holy Spirit. They were freed from prison. Uh, Philip, when he went to baptize. A guy in the desert, um, as the guy came out of the water, Philip was actually teleported, transported by the Holy Spirit out of the desert into a place called Atosis. We're doing baptisms next Sunday. <laughs> Just, uh, man, I would love to be teleported to wherever Azotus is. Maybe the Bahamas, that'll be, that'll be a good one. I'll just send a prayer, prayer request, okay? So if I disappear, you know where I am. Um, we see Aeneas was healed of paralysis. Dorcas was restored to life. We see the cripple at Lystra was healed. Demons were cast out of a slave girl. Paul, a different guy, was freed from prison due to an earthquake. Eticus rose from the dead. Paul was bitten by I've got a lot of peace. But Paul was bitten by a poisonous snake. Um, and, 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 and people around him knew that kind of snake. They expected him to drop dead, but he survived. And they're going, he must be here, God. But no, he wasn't, but God was with him, and the poison didn't touch him. We see even Peter, as his shadow passed over people, they were healed. People would line up. You can read this for yourself. People would line up people in the streets like sardines. And it's like as his shadow passed over them, he would be healed. People touched a handkerchief that he and the other apostles touched. They would be healed as well. There, there is something crazy and phenomenal going on in the book of Acts. And so sometimes we can go, all right, well, that was great back then, right? 
But what's happening now? Are we seeing any, you know, people touching handkerchiefs and being healed now or any of these miracles? And we can kind of like dip our toes in. We might see a little bit. But some of us can make wrong conclusions based on our experience. We go, well, because they haven't experienced it, well, the gifts must have died out. Um, the gifts must no longer be here. The Holy, Holy Spirit's no longer moving like that. That was back then, but we've graduated now. We don't need that kind of stuff. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is moving. You know, it's, we, we need to base our theology not on experience, but on the Word of God and stand on the truth of the Word of God rather than our emotion or our experience. And let me tell you, right now, maybe not so much in the West, but, but in other parts of the world, the Holy Spirit is moving just like he did in the day of Acts at the beginning. In the India, it, there, there's a phenomenal amount of stories of what is happening in India and other parts of the world, just like happened 2,000 years ago. It's the same Holy Spirit moving. And so why don't we see it happening today? I think there's a lot of reasons, but I think one of the reasons why we don't see as much of the power of the Holy Spirit maybe as we would like to is because I think we've forgotten the purpose behind the power. You see, in the West, we think it's all about ourselves and our comfort and our security God must exist for us, right? God is there as a little genie. We can put the coin in this. What am I going to order today? Rather than going, what, what is the purpose behind the power of the Holy Spirit? And that's what we're going to have a look at right now. Right at the beginning, we go back to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And this will reveal the purpose behind the power. Acts 1, 8, it says, But this is the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples before he went to be in heaven and seat at the right hand of the Father, where he is right now. He said, but you will receive power, that dunamis, dynamite power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Not when you get yourself into an emotional frenzy, but when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power from God. And what's the why behind the power? It's revealed in the next section. And you will be my witnesses. Telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth, and even in Perth, Western Australia, the most isolated capital city in the world. Come on. We've got to remember the purpose behind the power is another P. You know you're at a Pentecostal church when all the uh, things are start with P. The purpose behind the power is a proclamation of the gospel. Hey, did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> the purpose behind the power isn't about serving us. It's about serving everyone else. It's about carrying this good news of God's love and his forgiveness and this free gift of eternal life that he's offered to every single person on the planet. This is not something for us to keep contained in a special little country club with the Christians. This needs to spill out everywhere and go to the ends of the earth. This is the heart of God. And do you know what? God puts his seal of approval behind that message. In fact, he doesn't just get us to go out there and give it a crack. He's like, hey, I'm going to pour out the full power of heaven as backup behind your message. When we go into the world and say God loves you, the Holy Spirit is like, I am there. I am there to absolutely confirm this word of the gospel with my power, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And what these guys are about is legit. Sometimes we can get a little bit, when, when, when you stay inward looking, you get a bit festy. It's a bit like a pond or maybe Tasmania or Albany. It gets a bit weird. Hey, <laughs> hey, eh? eh? Woo! You know, I, 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 just offending everyone here. Just, 
empty seats. <laughs> um, a river causes the water to remain f- fresh, doesn't it? It remains fresh. But as soon as you've got a dam or a, or a pond, it begins to stagnate, to, to, to get a bit festy. Sometimes we think the Holy Spirit is just about a country club and bless me, bless me, bless me. But man, hey, God loves you. He cares about you. Cool. Okay, that's good. But you know what? There's a world out there that needs what we already have and we, want to, we don't want to contain it for ourselves. I'll, I'll make this statement. Guess what? So this is the thing. You are the hope of the world. You are actually the hope of the world. Turn to the person on the other side of you. Have a look. I'm like, them? You mean that they're, they're the hope of the world? Don't worry. They're looking right back at you going, you're the hope of the world? Oh. Darn it. Okay. I thought, I thought we needed someone a bit, with a bit more experience that actually knows what they're doing. Maybe that looks like they've got it all together. I mean, do you actually know my life? Do you know what's going on? Do you know the fears and insecurities I have? Do you know how crazy and busy my life is and, and how many insecurities I've got? I've got all this stuff and I'm still trying to work through this. Me, the hope of the world. Let me tell you, you are the hope of the world. You are the hope of the world because we are the church and the Holy Spirit is moving through his church, which isn't a building, it's the people that you and I are and the Holy Spirit moves through us in all of our brokenness and our craziness. This is why all the glory goes to God, right? It's like, yeah, it so couldn't be us on our own. But by the, come on, the power of the Holy Spirit, looking through just people that are willing for God to move through them. If I think about Peter, Peter, here's some, you want some Bible? This is a biblical proof to what I just said. So he's, he's Peter, one of Jesus' followers, right? We, we know Peter. If, if, if you want to read about Peter, you can read about him. He's a little bit, he's really keen. He's bit of a temperate every, every now and then. He wears his heart on his sleeve, right? He's like, Jesus, I'm not a pew warmer like these other disciples. I'm going to follow you wherever you go, even if it means that I'm going to lay down my life for you. Oh, I've got your back, Jesus. And Jesus said to him, <laughs> he probably expected Jesus to go, oh, yeah, awesome golden star, scratch and sniff. Oh, hello, I've made it. you made it, haven't you, when you've got one of those in the collar in grade two? Yeah. But instead, Jesus said to Peter, yeah, um, <clears throat> about that. Um, so when I go to be crucified, you're going to deny me three times. Not just once, like it's an accident, but like three times. You're going to give in to fear. You're going to deny me. Peter's like, never. But lo and behold, when Jesus was arrested to be crucified, Peter was like, well, gee, that escalated quickly. Peter was like, out of here. And so he, he kind of shrank back into the darkness following Jesus in you know, like Jesus was being flogged and led to the cross and people began to recognise him like, aren't you, aren't you Peter? No, 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 not me. He denied Jesus three times. He was out of there. When Jesus was crucified, him and the disciples, they cowered in fear. They locked themselves up in, in a room somewhere. They thought if they executed Jesus, they're going to have no problem with executing us. And so they, they were fearful men, cowering in the corner, but then when Jesus rose from the dead, he came to Peter. He restored relationship with Peter. It was amazing. And then fast forward. Fast forward to the point where Jesus reinstigated his relationship with Peter. And this was his encouragement. This is his command to his disciples. This is the words of Jesus for us in this moment. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Jesus said, 
Actually, before he, before he said this, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into every part of the world and preach the gospel. Your world, as you go in your life, preach the gospel. Be a light to the world. But he said, go. But he said, but wait. At the same time, he said, go. They're like, okay. He goes, but wait. Huh? He said, but wait. Don't go. And this is what Jesus said. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. He said, don't go. Don't leave Jerusalem until... The Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but just in a few days, you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. And so the disciples left. When Jesus left, he went to sit at the right hand of the Father. His work was done. And then 120 believers began to gather day by day by day until 40 days later. We're going to read this account. It's a bit of a chunk of scripture. I'm sure you can handle it. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 16. It says, on the day of Pentecost, which is a holiday that they celebrated once a year, and the, the, the Jews celebrated this holiday once a year, and all the Jews around the known world would gather once a year in Jerusalem from all different parts of the world. They, spoke all, they learned all those different languages from those different nations, and they came together in one place for the Passover. They were there. So it says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, on each of them. And everyone, not a selective few, everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed, and they said, how can this be? These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, oh, that is drunk, that's all. But Peter said, hey, it's um, not fivesies. It's too early for fivesies. It's nonesies. He said... <laughs> I lost myself. I laughed at my own joke. <laughs> then Peter stepped forward, uh, that, and yet we hear them speaking. Uh, no, no, no. But the others in the crowd ridiculed him, saying they're just drunk, that's all. But then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles. Here's Peter stepping forward with the 11 other apostles, and he shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock, nonsies is much too early for that. Favzies is coming later. No. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. So what was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel? The prophet Joel predicted and prophesied that the young and the old, male and female, slave and free, from every nation of the planet will be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Peter, Peter, the one who rejected Jesus, who cowered in fear and shame, he was the one to step forward with new boldness. And guess what? He preached the first sermon ever preached. And at the end of his message, he saw 3,000 people saved. The mega church was the first church ever born by God. If you've got something up there. And, uh, <laughs> hey. In that moment, he's, he's Peter... In one time, cowering in fear, and then in the next instant, he is a pastor leading the world's first megachurch, the first church born by the power of the Holy Spirit. What happened in that gap? 
What happened in between was he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the power. The purpose behind the power was proclamation, was bringing the good news to the people in the world. And this is the same with us. You know, I don't know whether you disqualify yourself. Maybe you think you're too old. I'm a single mum. I'm, I'm too busy. I'm not a pastor. Let me tell you, we are all priests. There's, there's, there's nothing distinct or separate. We, we all have the same access to God's power as each other. I'm not educated enough. Well, Peter was a fisherman. He was a fisherman. I'm not, I'm full of fear. So is Peter. Let me tell you, but God wants to give us the power of the Holy Spirit. And what I believe, I have a conviction about in our next season is Everlife that we're all invited into. I believe we're going to see a greater evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit amongst us here. I just believe it because we're, because we're connecting to the purposes of God. We're, we're aligning our agenda with, with heaven's agenda, with what God wants to do to bring the good news to the world around us. And whenever the good news is brought, God's power backs it up. As we see in Mark, in Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 18, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They'll speak in new languages. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety. There you go. There's a new career for you. (laughs) And if they drink anything poisonous, don't try that at home, kids. It won't hurt them. They'll all be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. You see that happening. The power of the Holy Spirit comes to confirm the proclamation of the gospel. It isn't just for the elite. You know, I mean, at, at this point, some of us might go, all right, well, I need to quit my job and go into all the world. That, that's very good. Keep that enthusiasm. <laughs> um, and, and maybe God might call you to do that. But the thing is that's required in us isn't a shift in career or a shift in geographical location, but a shift on the inside, to recognise that we've been positioned for such a time as this to influence the world around us. See, when Jesus said, go into all the world, it's not like a one-off event. Because you go into the world, and you're like, I'm here. And, and, and it just doesn't happen once, but what that actually means in context is, as you go into the world, as you go in life, as you're going in your journey in life, as you, you're in your workplace, as you're in your schools, as you're a student, as you're in the line at the cafe, as you're whatever situation you are in, God the Holy Spirit wants to breathe and move through you. Not for you to be weird, but for you to be you and God to open up opportunities. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17, Paul encouraged the church in Corinth. I think there are a few enthusiastic people in Corinth. And he said to them, he's like, hey, they, 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 they just calm down a bit. He said, each of you should remain as you were when God called you. The, the, the most significant shift we make is a shift in the heart. We go, God, would you move through me wherever I am, as I go, according to your call on my life, whether you're a nurse, doctor, sport, whatever. Um, I, I love Dave Cowan, who's drumming tonight. I love hearing his stories. You know, Dave is a disability support worker um, and he helps to do some work with fencing. And um, I love just being on the phone. He's like, hey, Shafe, so I had a great chat with this guy today. I got to pray for them. And, and I brought this other guy to church. And it's, as Dave goes, 
He just simply looks for those opportunities that God might open up. And I love it. He's, he's, he's out there, he's doing his job. And active worship is, is Dave helping to serve those with disabilities. He's the hand of God working through Dave to serve people, to bring glory to God in that way. Um, but as he goes and he serves God and helping people to erect their fences, which helps them to keep the kids safe, it's, a, it's, it's great. We all have our ways that we serve people. But as we go, wherever God's positioned us, we are available for God to use us in whatever context we're in. Um, and I, um, Jade, where's Jade over here? So Jade works in the Commonwealth Bank, right? She's serving people by helping them get a hold of their finance, and which is a really good way to serve people. Um, but as she goes, she begins inviting people to church. And so Brian and Rachel came to church through Jade's invitation and they started a dinner party and they've had a phenomenal impact at Everlife. Um, Jade's invited other people who've invited other people as well. Um, one, one of the stories I love is uh, Ben Dallin. Uh, ben and Ananda Dallin. They were a part of the original crew at the back. They were part of the original crew way back early at a so-called chance meeting at a cafe. Ben and I reconnected. We're like, no way! And then Ben and Ananda, his wife, started coming along to our dinner parties. So Ananda invited her friend Luciana. And she came along to dinner parties. Come on. And then she bribed her husband, I mean, invited her husband (laughs) to come along. He wasn't at church. He didn't know God. He wasn't interested in God. You've heard his story before. He's like, okay, there's food. Maybe I'll be there. Um, And so he comes along and he begins to encounter God and he gives his life to Jesus. Amazing. And And then these two invite I'm, I'm just throwing in a uh, Nat along to church. And so Nat gets connected into community. And then she invites someone. Else. So Anna was invited. And then Anna invites Nat. And then Nat brings along her partner. And, we, and God is just moving in a powerful, powerful way as we go in our life. And it's all glory to the Holy Spirit. I'll just invite the team just to come back. Um, so tonight what we're going to be doing is we just want to give you an opportunity to be prayed for, to receive the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not going to get all crazy, but we, we, just, want to, we just want to create some space and some room. In, in a few moments, not, not just yet, but we're going to have people at the front here. <clears throat> Throughout the book of Acts, we see that as people laid hands on people and they prayed, that people received the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, whether it's your first time, or you feel like you want to be filled afresh again with the power of the Holy Spirit. The purpose behind tonight is that you will be filled with the power of God to walk in victory in your life. Is that you can be, bring the life of Jesus to serve other people rather than the aim of serving yourself. And so what we're going to be doing is some worship is going to be playing. And we're going to invite people to come firstly at the front. We're going to bring a bit of order because we would love every single person to be prayed for that wants to be prayed for no one is under any pressure it's an invitation and so we're going to be in a few moments inviting people to come at the front during worship just to simply be prayed for Um, we're going to have some oil which is symbolic of the holy spirit you might have some oil put on your head so you can harvest some pimples on the forehead it'll be fantastic um but first i just want to prepare us right i want to prepare us just to receive tonight and there's four things i'd love us to do as we, as we lean in and just simply make ourselves available. The first one, as you come to get prayer, just be available. 
Everyone say, be available. It's really simple. Just come empty. When you, anyone you, to fill your cup up with water, you just you bring an empty cup. It's not that complicated. Just be available and say, God, would you just fill me? Fill me afresh. And he will. He will fill you with his power. You know, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14 is a beautiful picture of what's happening right now. See, God wants to pour out his power to reach the world. And this verse says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. He's looking. He's looking. Who is available? Who will just come empty? He runs through, throughout the earth to strengthen or to pour out his power in those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Who would just belong to him and say, God, I'm, I'm just available. I'm available to you. Would you come right now? That's what we need to do. Be available. Second thing is be yourself. We're not looking for super spiritual people. We're not looking for you to try and... You know, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For you were, you were a masterpiece created by God to do the plans he planned for you. Not to come copy someone else's plan. And you know what? God the Holy Spirit will give you power to achieve the purpose that God has for you. The power that fits your purpose. So come be available. Be yourself. Be filled. That part's pretty simple. Just It's just be filled. Really simple. And then be open. Everyone say be open. Just be open. Now, throughout the book of Acts, we say that when people were filled with the Holy Spirit, some people began to speak in tongues. Some people began to speak in other languages. There's some people speaking tongues as in what we read about in Acts, where people literally speak another language that people can hear the gospel. Um, another way is speaking tongues for, it's like a message that God gives people um, that needs to be interpreted by someone that understands it. And then the other one is, is a spiritual tongue, it's like a heavenly language where it's a gift given to us where we can, the purpose behind that is to build ourselves up spiritually. It's like a heavenly prayer language where we can build our spirits up in God. We don't understand it, but it's a really powerful thing in our tool belt to build ourselves up. And so be open. Maybe some people as they're being prayed for, you might start to speak in tongues. I just, I just want to say, just be open and, and don't necessarily stop what God might be doing. Um, be open to what God might do. Um, if you come and you don't feel anything, don't think you're unspiritual because it's not about feelings. Feelings doesn't, isn't what matters. It's faith. By faith I receive. Feelings are helpful. If one person seems to be that they have an encounter with God and you're not, this is no reflection on you don't have enough faith or you've done something really, really bad. And um, it's, it's just, it's, it's a mystery. Just be open. But be confident that I'm, I'm receiving from God in this moment. Um, don't be afraid. Just be cool. Be cool. <clears throat> you know, I'm going to finish with this scripture. And this, this, is so, this is so powerful. So powerful. I'm believing for us. This for us is a church. And it's, you know, we, there's a view right now in the world that the church is dwindling, right? Sometimes we get this victim mentality as a church. Oh, gee, there's so much oppression in the world and the government's against us and they're trying to shut the Christians down and, and we just need to let our voice be, be shouting louder and they're, they're blocking Christianity from schools and we can get a bit of a victim mentality like we're sort of defeated, right? Like it's something new. 
But this isn't new. It's called spiritual warfare. It's not to do with the government. In fact, the devil's been around for thousands of years. He's doing exactly the same thing he's doing at the beginning of the church where Peter and, Peter and John were put in jail. Have you been put in jail yet? Anyone for their faith? No. Um, the devil wants to shut us up. He wants to intimidate us and silence us. We're not victims here, but we have the power of the Holy Spirit to continue to preach. And Peter and John were put in prison for preaching the gospel. And then the believers began to pray that they'll be set free. They were released from prison. They walked straight out of that prison. And then they began to gather together. And they realized, we've got a battle on here. There's a spiritual battle going on there to try and shut us up, to try and silence us, get us to be like Peter, to hide in the corner. But they began to pray. And we read it. We read what they prayed in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. And this is their prayer. They said, And now, O Lord, hear their threats. Hear their threats. There's there's the government and the leaders, but really there's something behind that. Hear their threats. Rather than them praying, can you please stop their threats? They they prayed a different prayer. Rather than praying, stop their threats, they said, yes, there's threats going on, but you know what? Change us on the inside. Give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. That no matter how great the threats come and the intimidations come, give us the boldness of your Holy Spirit to preach your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your servant, your holy servant, Jesus. We're not talking about emotional hype. They didn't whip themselves up into a frenzy. But what happened is they prayed, God, would you give us boldness that we, we, we do not have naturally, but would you give us boldness? And this was the result. The next verse says, And after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. There is power. There's purpose behind the power. And that is the Holy Spirit will comfort us. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts. But tonight we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. That we wouldn't be a fearful people. I'm not talking about us being fake people who we're not. But just... Holy Spirit, would you give me power? Would you give me boldness tonight? We'll just invite the rest of the team to come back up. That is awesome. If you put your hand up tonight, we just want to say thank you so much. And we want to lead you in this prayer. And maybe there's other people in this room or watching online that want to say this prayer with me. And I invite you to say this prayer after me. In fact, everyone that's listening, that's not being prayed for, why don't you just pray this prayer with me as well? Why don't you repeat after me? Dear God, I thank you that you love me. Tonight I say yes to you. I open up the door of my heart. Would you come in? Thank you that you forgive me. I trust in you. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin. I believe you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. I surrender my life into your hands from this moment until the day I see you face to face in Jesus' name. Look, God, I thank you so much for that person and anyone else, Lord, that has prayed this prayer tonight. God, we do pray. Look, we thank you, Lord, that the curtain has been torn. The dividing line has been done with. And we declare, Lord, God, a fresh 
new relationship with God, the Creator, Lord God. We pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit, with your power, with your love, and with your peace, Lord. Every person in this room, just receive from the Holy Spirit right now. Maybe you'd like to lift your hands up to God right now where you're standing. Lord God, right now we pray for a fresh infilling in this place, Lord God. We declare new boldness and new courage to rise up over every single person, Lord. Not a courage, Lord, that is based on our capacity, but a courage of the power of the Holy Spirit. We declare signs of oneness to happen, Lord God. We declare a new era, Lord God, of miracles, Lord, of power, of unusual miracles to break out in this place, Lord God, as people go into their world, Lord God. Lord Jesus, into schools, Lord God, into workplaces with their families. We declare the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, to come upon every single person in this place, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Let's sing again this song. Come, Holy Spirit. Spirit.